0: Hey, Ben. Hey. Do you know how to turn your business into a profit machine? I sure do. Awesome, let's talk about that. Let's do it. Welcome to The Friday
1: Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview
0: thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. All right. Welcome to the Friday Habit with Ben Manley and Mark Labriola.
1: How are you doing, Ben? Dude, I'm doing great. Yeah, doing really well. Um, We just finished sending out our end of the year client gifts that we like to send every year. So we created this like desktop calendar kind of thing. And on one side, it has a calendar and like a motivational statement. On the other side, it has just the motivational statement so people can put them on their desks. And we create them just so we can stay in touch with our clients all year and that kind of thing. And I know you probably got one. Have you gotten yours yet? Yes, I got mine in the mail just the other day. Sweet. It was it
0: was a nice little surprise. It was like in this like organic, like wrapping shipping envelope. So you noticed it does make a difference. It does make a difference. It was like, oh, this is like a parcel, as they like to say back in the day. Yeah, it feels old fashioned, um, like, oh I got something yeah, in the it mail. Does. Exactly. So that was nice. And then, yeah, it's, I have my calendar from last year prominently displayed at the office. So I love that. And uh, the new one's beautiful. It looks great. And I like the simplicity of it and the nice little thoughtful message on each month. So it's cool. I like that. Cool. I'm sure that's a feat to plan for that and then actually like deliver a gift. Cause do you send those gifts out to even, I mean, obviously I'm a past client, so Yeah, You sent it to me. Do you send it to all past clients too?
1: Yeah. So every time after we finish building a website, we'll send them out this, yeah, the calendar in the mail along with the wooden block and the cards that go in it. And then what we do is, yeah, joy keeps track of all that. And then at the beginning of the next year, basically, we send out new cards for all the people we sent it to in the past. So I think I don't remember how many it's up to now, but it's like 350 or 400 people, I think. So it's a whole, pro- crazy. it's a whole production. Uh, Joy will probably like, that's like in- thousands of printing cards too. Like, it is. And then packing them and all that. Kind it of stuff. is. I mean,
0: yeah. It, Have you found that that's uh, been profitable though for you? Like in the sense of you've found a return on it, like, where just because you sent that, someone like remembered you and then hired you? I mean, it seems like it may be something that kind of pays for itself.
1: Yeah, it definitely has helped with referrals. That was the strategy behind it. So also on the calendars, it has a link to a blog post each month that we write for that month for those clients. So a lot of people will check out the blog post that goes along with the quote. And then, yeah, we have seen an uptick in referrals since we started doing it. It's hard to correlate directly, but also right. we just get a lot. I mean, as far as just people mentioning it on social media or saying, Hey, you got your gift or just being excited about it. And it happens pretty often. I think just providing some value to people beyond just what you typically expect is cool because then they remember you, they think about you. And that's one of the biggest things with referrals is obviously you have to do an awesome job for them to want to refer you. But also you need to just make sure that you actually stay in contact with them because you'll forget about somebody, even if they did an awesome job, you'll forget about them unless you stay in touch.
0: Yeah, I sent out a, a like a year in recap email, and I like posted to my social media, kind of like this is what I was this year, and and just by doing that, it was like I got a couple people reach out to me because it was like, oh yeah, I forgot that you were doing that, or like in this moment I need this, and I remembered by seeing your post that you do that. So exactly, and I think it's definitely definitely yep. beneficial.
1: What kind of stuff are you doing? Are you doing anything for the end of the year?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I sent that email out and that social post. And then the other thing we've been doing is planning a holiday party for all of our contractors and whatnot. So that's just been one of those things where it's like, uh, it's kind of a headache to do and like try to plan the schedule and stuff. But I feel like it's important to bring everybody together who's been working on different projects with us this past year to kind of celebrate them, give them a little care package and have some food and just connect face to face. A lot of our contractors just work remotely but they may live here in town so we're going to have a party next week and and kind of kind of hang out. I mean, I'm I'm all about culture and just trying to make the best environment for people that I can even if it's a contractor. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyways, let's jump into uh, today's topic cuz I'm sure that a lot of people read that title and were like, "Hey, how do I turn my business into a profit machine?" I know, right? So yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this. So really the keys to creating a financial stable business really aren't that complicated or difficult. And it's something that pretty much everybody can do. And I know you and I are fans of this particular book called The Profit First and it was written by this guy named Mike McCowitz. And so I know a lot of these principles that you're going to share today kind of come from that. So why don't you give us a little uh, overview of the top things and we can kind of chat about it.
1: Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, Profit First. read this book, I think it was about a year and a half ago and kind of implemented a lot of the methods in it. I mean, it's cool. I mean, basically the idea is, as you know, is just to kind of set aside profit for yourself and your business before you do anything else. So it's a similar thing to saving for yourself first and paying yourself first in your personal life, putting something into your retirement or your investment accounts instead of spending it on whatever else first. But the cool thing is that really resonated with me about it is the simplicity of the whole system. So that concept is you create a few different bank accounts with your bank and you like two times a month, basically we do it on the 10th and the 25th. We basically go through all the income that comes into our business and then we split it out in percentages into these accounts. So one of them is for operating expenses, like just bills and stuff like that. One of them is for owner's compensation, which is for my paycheck, basically. And one of them is for taxes. And then of course, what, the biggest one that this whole system's about is the profit account. So yeah, basically you start out with different percentages and kind of go through it so that it's a little bit into each bucket each pay period basically and then you tweak that over time each quarter you change the percentages and stuff like that yeah how did it go for you did you start out with like small percentages going to each one or how did how did that go
0: yeah i mean i just jumped into the deep end of the pool with it i just started doing 10 percent at the gate nice yeah and i do it a little bit differently so instead of twice a month i actually mm-hmm. do it right when a payment comes in so okay. As soon as a payment comes in, I allocate that check to the four different accounts and keep track of it that way. We're more of a subscription service, Brandviva. Most of our clients pay monthly for us. So it makes it a little bit easier because I'm not getting like random checks throughout the month coming in. So it's usually like in the beginning or the end of the month, we're getting most of our invoices paid. And so then right from there, I'll just allocate all the funds. So...
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for us, I think we probably have, I don't know, like 70 transactions go through a month or more because we have some small subscription things and then we have bigger products and stuff like that. So basically having all those accounts makes it really easy to keep track of what's set aside for different things. And then basically the idea is you tweak over time, you want to bump up how much profit you're putting aside each time you allocate stuff and then make sure that you can even add more accounts, like adding a savings account, stuff like that. Make sure that you're contributing more and more over time to savings and and less to your operating expenses. So it kind of makes for us, it's cool because it makes us have to look over our recurring expenses every so often, which yeah. is actually one of the other things on the list I want to talk about was just making sure you don't like let those recurring expenses build up because it's so easy for those to kind of compound without you noticing them. Yeah. So <laughs> even just yesterday, it was like, oh, we need
0: in order to send these emails, we need to up our subscription to MailChimp at uh, the next level. So it's was like, all right. And then it was like, oh, how much does it cost to have this calendar selection tool? It's like, all right. So the, it's like all of a sudden you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on these little tiny things here and there between Dropbox and Google apps and all this stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's really, you got to keep an eye on those things. And really like, I think one of the biggest things that probably most entrepreneurs and like small businesses struggle with is finances, right? I mean, a lot of us start out just as running gun. Maybe we're not even an LLC. We're just a sole proprietor and we're taking money and just putting into our personal account and just trying to make ends meet. But then as you grow and things like that, a lot of those bad habits carry over. I would say it took me Probably within the past like three years until I really got a, a good grasp of my finances. And I've been in business for 12. So it's kind of yeah. like you don't have time always to slow down and really understand your PL, your profit and loss statements, and really understand your business. And so you neglect it, which in reality, it's one of the things you should really become proficient at and understand so that you can properly grow your business. Because a lot of times you think that you're making money or,
1: whatever, but at the end of the day, you're probably
0: breaking even or maybe right. even losing money to do projects.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I just really like about this is just that it makes it easy to see like, if you need to buy something, you can see, is it in the operating expenses account or is it not? When it comes tax time, here's all the money that's already set aside for taxes. You know you're not going to accidentally spend that. So it kind of frees you up to spend stuff when you need to and not make it so stressful, which is and great. I And I think rewards you too, right? Because we do quarterly distributions
0: from the profit account. Right, And so then it's like, oh, like I have extra money that one, I can maybe surprise an employee with a mini bonus or something like that. Or I can have this money that really has no purpose or has no designated job. Right. And so I can say, well, I'm going to buy myself $300 headphones this month because yeah, <laughs> I have uh-huh. this little bit of extra money, you know, so yeah. it makes it also all your hard work, it makes it also enjoyable at the same time. So let's go ahead and jump in to kind of like creating a financially stable business. Let's go ahead and talk about the four keys that you should probably think about or focus on in order to kind of create that stability.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing really is keeping your overhead low. That's super important, obviously. And I've worked at several different agencies and I think I've told you about it, but I worked mm-hmm. at a couple of different agencies and that was really the downfall of those agencies was just that our overhead was crazy and we had to be bringing in for a small business like we were. We really shouldn't have been paying that much for our office space or mm-hmm. how many employees we had. It was just kind of a startup. And we really didn't even need all the team members that we had. So, just to keep afloat, we had to make 40K a month and it was only a couple of people, but it was like super nice offices and it was just really stressful all the time. I noticed how stressful it was for my boss just to keep up with things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping your overhead low with your office space is important. And I mean, one of the things we do, we do have a really nice office, but we use sublease parts of it. So that really has helped us make up a lot of the cost for our office space. I think it's over 60% of the cost of our office is covered by are sub renters so if you can do that it's great yeah it's great because then you're just not really paying extra for that yeah right now they're actually empty and i need to go ahead and advertise them because we're basically losing money every month that we're not renting out those spaces yeah i think it's one of
0: those things that as it's almost a posturing thing right like a lot of times we We don't need an office space. We can do the work that we need to get done. We can do it from home or a coffee shop or now these days with all these like WeWork spaces and co-working spaces, you can pay maybe even like a couple hundred bucks a month to have access to an environment that maybe you could have client meetings in and things like that. I think sometimes we get in our own heads We want to feel bigger than we are, or we want to appear to our clients that we're some legit agency, when at the end of the day, it might be hurting us, and our client probably doesn't care about that. I think in in 12 years, we've had an office space for the past three, but in 12 years, no one was like, hey let me meet at your office. and I You're not a real business. Yeah, exactly. It was mostly clients want us to meet at their space. It's more convenient for us to go to them and meet in, in their space. So yeah, I think the office space thing, it is nice. It's nice to have a space. But if you're looking at trying to really create a stable business, you need to have that lower on the totem pole of things that you need to get under. And then same thing with employees, right? I mean, my accountant has kind of said, every time you hire somebody, make sure that they essentially pay for themselves and more, right? So essentially, if you're going to bring somebody on, we hire a lot of contractors. So that's a lot more affordable for us than having to pay a full-time employee. So when it comes to making that decision, I need to look and say, okay, how much value is this position going to add by having them here in-house? And what are the benefits? And by me bringing them on, are they going to be able to produce enough money to pay for themselves and for the right. business? So... Yeah,
1: yeah. I totally agree with that. And one thing that I've done recently is when I'm interviewing a a new person, I'm even saying like part of your job is to help add value to the business Mm -hmm. and basically start them out part time and kind of get it to the point where, all right, cool, like let's set a goal for like when you come on board, how much we need to be bringing in. And like you said, with talk to your accountant, making sure that they're making over Basically, I try to do like that. their value of their work is bringing in at least twice as much as they're getting paid if yep. possible, just to make it safe, you know, making sure that you don't want to just upcharge what they're doing a little bit. You want to just make sure that it's a really good profit margin because that just accounts for any risk and it's just a good place to be in for the future.
0: Yeah. My accountant said that I essentially can charge three times what mm-hmm. that person's hourly rate is, right? So if I'm paying somebody 30 bucks an hour, well, I can charge $90 an hour right to the client for that service essentially
1: totally and that makes sense but even like beyond that making sure that if they're not busy enough then you you could be losing money on them if right. they you're paying them for time they're not doing if they're like part time or not a contractor or whatever it is if you're like paying them full time mm-hmm. they work 3 hours a day maybe you're selling it for 90 bucks an hour but they're only working 3 hours out of the day mm-hmm. for 30 bucks an hour then you're still losing money on it yeah. so it's like One of those things where trying to make sure that you have enough work for them beforehand too. And one of the things that I've always tried to do is I follow, there's this book called Rework by Jason Freed, the guys that founded Basecamp. Okay. In that book, one of the principles is hire when it hurts, which I think is super helpful. It's like, don't hire when it's like, oh, I have some extra money or I really want to do this or that. Like wait until it's actually painful to get all your work done. And it's consistently that way for a little while where you just can't keep your head above water. And then at that point, hire someone because then you know there's plenty of work for them to do. Um, Instead of just trying to grow as fast as possible, just hiring people. And so I think that makes sense, at least for me. Yeah. That was
0: helpful. No, I love that. I think one of the things that we've done this year, right, is we hired based off of wanting to move into a different sector where I've had the skills of video production and content creation, podcasting all those kind of things. I haven't had that strong of a skill set of digital marketing and email marketing and social media management, all those other kind of things. So, as we've been growing, that was the position that I thought, oh, "Okay, I have a lot of clients who are asking for this type of service and I know that I could sell it." And so, yeah. I need to kind of grow and move in that direction, and that's what pushed us to hire somebody for that role. So,
1: yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So one of the other things that really can help you create a more financially stable business is creating subscription based products and services, which I know you've done really well at. I was wondering if you had anything, any tips for doing that or anything like how does that help your business? Has that made it way more stable or how does that work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been night and
0: day as far as creating stability and forecasting and just being able to really spend more time working on my business instead of in it constantly. It was scary to go from project-based work to doing subscription-type service or reoccurring or retainer, as some people call it, because a lot of times it's, you don't know how it's going to work out. But, you know, I had essentially, I've been doing a lot of the same work for clients. And I realized that it was always a headache for me to like price things out. And I was always like coming up with proposals and trying to figure out what each thing was going to cost me. And I realized that if I just say, hey, here's a flat rate, pay this flat rate, and I'll do these types of services for you every single month, it works out for you because now you have a on demand content department and I right. have the stability of knowing that every single month you're going to be paying this exact amount. And so, yeah. So, I mean, really, I just did a lot of research and started kind of figuring out what it would look like for me to move in that direction. And then once I did, it just started clicking. Now it's just what I do. I rarely do project work anymore, and it's something that I just present as brand Viva. We just do subscriptions. Right. you want to work with us, that's great. Let's find a subscription that works for your budget and for your needs for this year. It creates a good relationship too between me and the clients where they feel like they have a partner now instead of just a doer, right? So instead yeah. of this being like, we need this video, whatever, it's like, oh, let's partner together and let's like come up with a solution for your problem. So...
1: Yeah. I love that. And I want to move more in that direction with my business too, because I think it creates so much stability. Mm -hmm. We've done a little bit of it with our really low level subscription. It's like $50 a month and we have a little over 50 subscribers for that. It's just basic small like website updates. It's a really inexpensive option. It mostly just kind of solves a a small problem for them and also for us. And like, if somebody has a small question, it's like, there's an easy thing to point to, but it's not really creating that big recurring revenue that would Mm be Useful. I mean, it's still it's still nice having that coming in it covers our rent easily, which is great. But having something that is a little bit more substantial is something I've been working on and thinking about a lot lately. So, yeah, I think it's definitely something
0: that you should move into, and anyone should look into doing that. Once you have that security, it allows you to really grow because you're not constantly scrambling to figure out okay, like what am I going to do? Or sometimes like one month you may get 20 grand and then the next month you might get $0 or 5,000 bucks. And then it's always this, you're trying to manage these budgets and just figure out how you're going to pay yourself and do the work. But when you know like every single month there's this money coming in, then you can start looking more into the future and, and planning out. So
1: yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. One of the other things like with as far as consistency goes, having the recurring revenue to your business consistently is awesome. But for me, it's also really nice to know that my paycheck is going to be consistent. So getting paid consistently as the business owner, Mm -hmm. I feel like it just creates so much more stability for your life, especially if you have a family and makes it easier for my wife to predict how much we're getting paid. So I basically get paid like this as a job where I get a paycheck every two weeks. Mm -hmm. It's the same amount. Even if my owner's account, you know, like we talked about profit first, there's maybe more money in that account than needs to be for my paycheck. It's always building up each month. So there's a little bit more than what I get paid in there, which is great. But just knowing I'm getting paid on these days consistently with this amount of money just makes life so much simpler, I think, and makes it easier. Do you do something like that or do you have a variation that you do?
0: Yeah, I mean, so we are a S Corp we're like an LLC with an S Corp designation. And so what that allows me to do is I'm a employee of the business. So I'm W2. Right. And so we have payroll that runs. We do ours once a month. So once a month payroll gets ran and I get paid on that. And then whenever there's a shortage or need because of how we're set up, I'm able to take an owner's draw from that owner's account to kind of make up the difference, whatever I personally need to make it work. So that's kind of how
1: we do it. Totally. Yeah, that's great. Pretty similar to what we do too. It's nice to be able to pull out extra if you need to, but just making sure you have that consistent baseline just makes it so much easier to plan, like budgeting and stuff like that. I just remember when I was freelancing and working a job, it just was, it varied so much more because I didn't have that separation. Mm -hmm. So having it accumulate in an account and taking a certain paycheck every 15th and 30th just made it so much easier to plan finances and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely recommend that. So I mean, really the the action item I would recommend from all this would be reading the Profit First book by Mike Michalowicz. What do you think? Do you think that'd be valuable for people? Yeah, 100%. I think that that
0: book will inspire you and it will show you a different way to do finances. And it's interesting because it's not, I would say that it's not that, different of a system he just kind of flips things right normally you, you pay all your expenses you do all these other kind of things and then you put money into a profit account or whatever right yep. he kind of just flips it around so it kind of just makes you look at a way to do your finances in a different way and since we've been doing it it's helped us one have more profit right because instead of us maybe spending money where we shouldn't we're putting it into a profit account and then it just created a lot more stability in the business, not worrying about taxes. And, you know, a lot of times when I was starting out, it was always like, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul and then like taxes yeah, exactly. and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to just do these several jobs that will then pay for my taxes. Now it's like, I told you last week, my accountant called and said, hey, like one is you don't owe as much taxes that we thought you were going to owe. And, uh, yep. and then two, I had the account with all the, money in it that I thought I was going to have to pay. And so yeah, it was like, either way, I'm not stressed. <laughs> like, if you tell me yeah. I have to write this big check, I'm fine. But if you tell me I don't, I'm ecstatic. <laughs>
1: Exactly. The biggest thing, and we didn't even mention it, is the quarterly profit withdrawals is so awesome. I think you said it briefly, yeah. but that's such a big thing. I got to take my wife to Jamaica like with one of our quarterly bonuses. Oh, like, awesome. And it just basically keeps accumulating if you follow this process. Every quarter, you get a bigger bonus as your business keeps growing. So it's awesome.
0: Yes, I agree. Check out the book, The Profit First. If you have any questions for us, you can uh, hit us up on thefridayhabit.com where you can also download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of working in your business.
1: Ben, where can people find you? They can go to benjaminmanly.com for my personal site and then my business knapsack uh, is at knapsackcreative.com.
0: Awesome. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Mark Lab too, or you can head over to brandvivamedia.com and see what we're up to there. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Friday Habit. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday.